In this episode, we're going to look at how wide or narrow you want to set the theme and focus of your account. We're going to talk about including ourselves in what we share and how to avoid being pigeonholed into a single type of content. So undeniably, accounts that have a super specific focus for their images tend to grow the fastest on Instagram. I'm thinking about those ones like Pygmy Hedgehogs, there's Symmetrical Breakfasts, you even get floral flat lay accounts that just have this brilliant winning formula that they rinse and repeat and you can see that they reap the rewards in terms of likes and followers really quickly. Followers welcome that daily dose of predictably awesome content. And when people's time and their home feed space is really precious and they only want to follow accounts that they know are going to deliver predictably great content, one pygmy hedgehog a day, one floral flat lay a day in a sea of everything else they're getting doesn't feel super repetitive for a viewer. As a creator, though, they're pretty frustrating to run. So while it might be fun and simple to always share the same thing, it also becomes incredibly limiting and almost impossible to break away from. Follower loyalty also seems to be a lot lower on these kind of themed accounts as people eventually unfollow and move on and forget about them. And I think this is probably due to people maybe tiring of the theme, but also without that everyday sharing of the wider picture of someone's life, people can't really build the same emotional connection with the person who's creating the account. So for most of us, I really think something a little bit more broad is the better option. We want to have an account that's future-proof, that builds relationships with our audience and has broad appeal beyond a single facet of our life or our business. This is why, too, I always tend to discourage people creating multiple individual accounts for all the different elements of the same business or the same life. As long as there's a core element that the audiences can share in common, then it's normally better to create a more broad, more open account, funneling all of the traction and activity each individual piece of content brings into elevating the rest of the content within the same account. So, for example, if the pygmy hedgehog was there alongside all the other stuff about the person who owns it, those posts may still do the best. They still may be the viral posts within the feed, but it means that they're building an audience for all the other elements of their life and work too that is actually something that they can build on. In order to stay dynamic, there are a few things to keep in mind. Don't ever fall into the trap of just following the likes. Since the changes to the algorithm, I know a lot of users are finding one style of picture does significantly better than everything else. And it can be so tempting to mine that seam of likes and followers and accidentally end up specializing in one kind of content. So months later, when you decide you'd like to share something else, you find you've accidentally molded this new large audience that is only interested in one specific type of post from you. And anything on a different topic won't get the response that you've grown used to. It can be really disheartening to see people unfollowing every time you share something that isn't that one style of picture that you actually decided you're ready to move on from. Think about the monetizing potential, which might sound a bit cold to people, but if you have any aspirations to feature products or brands or grow your business through your account, it's really wise to maintain a varied and dynamic range of topics. Flat lay photographers rarely get approached to review a family holiday, for example. Think about the future. Really sadly, pets die, adorable children grow up, looks will fade and trends will pass. That might be the single most depressing thing I've ever said, but hopefully you take my point that it's problematic to be pigeonholed into creating one type of content that depends on something that might not be around forever. Instagram audiences are notoriously fickle, especially when it comes to kids. Cute and young gets all the likes. As soon as you're past eight, no one wants to see them. Think about your target viewer or customer. So if you have just one type of product, you might be thinking, well, I'll just specialize. I'll just show my product. 
And while for some people this might be true, for most of us, it still pays to think much more widely. So if your product is very beautiful and handmade, like wooden spoons, then there's still so much value in sharing posts about your creative process, how you gather materials, what tools you use, what you do in your downtime, what inspires you. What do you think is most likely to build a rapport between your audience and yourself or your product? What does your target follower respond to? Don't limit your inspiration. So it can be difficult enough to find new and inspiring ideas to post a new photo every day or however often you're posting without then limiting your range of options. Most of us are drawn to Instagram on some level to create a visual recording of our days and it can feel really false and stifling when it becomes difficult to do that. And remember most of all that your next idea might be even bigger. So just because your audience really loves one thing that you do just because the product you're doing right now sells well does not mean that you won't ever have another bigger better idea when we stop taking the risks of sharing new styles of content new things in our life we deprive everyone of our whole creative range and we we'll actually end up in danger of missing the next great adventure so what if you're already pigeonholed whether by accident or by design, it is easy to kind of put yourself in a corner with a very narrow type of content. If you feel like you're there and you want to broaden the scope to a more general theme, there are two approaches you can take. You can go for gradual phasing, which just as it sounds, means you gradually transition in a greater range of content, trying to shape a new audience that responds to the old stuff as well as the new. So for example, if you've only ever shared food photographs, you can begin by sharing pictures of people and food or food within flat lays or styled table as part of a bigger interior, maybe picnics outside. And then once this sort of content has become commonplace in your feed, it's an easier transition to then start sharing family and interiors and landscapes in general without the food having to be part of the picture. Alternatively, you can go cold turkey. You just simply take the hit and start sharing the very content right away. Sometimes you'll be surprised and it does well and you'll gain really valuable data about what your audience likes. But generally whichever of these two approaches you take you can expect that you might lose some followers you might suffer from lower engagement on the style of pictures for a while i always think any followers you do lose were not going to be invested in the new direction you were taking anyway so they would have gone eventually regardless it's important to remember that for any online engagement your baseline your accurate reflection of your audience's interest is what you can attract on an anything you want to post post not one way you're gaming the system not one way you're deliberately catering to the tastes and the likes and the most popular things those are interesting posts to do they're strategically useful and we'll definitely look at how and why and when to use them but the real measure of your audience's interest is what you can get on a post where you don't have to pull one of those out of the bag. We all know certain styles or topics of photo are going to inflate our engagement and it's a really useful tool, but it's not always wise to fall into the trap of only posting that stuff. Sure, the engagement looks better and maybe our followers grow, but we can be left with no creative freedom, pigeonholed into that one type of content that may be time limited or a passing trend. It's easy to have our heads turned by the big numbers, but a solid user base of people who love what you do, whatever you do, is much, much more valuable in the long run. So what should we post? Just everything? I've put a Venn diagram in the course notes because I love a Venn diagram. And if you picture it being two overlapping circles, the first circle is what you want to share. The bottom circle is what your audience wants to see. And the place where they both overlap is your perfect best content. Generally, the best content for any online platform is 
that place where your audience's interest intersects with your own interests. We're going to look at this in a little bit more detail in another lesson, but in essence, if you share too much of what only you want, you'll find nobody else is particularly engaged. And if you share too much of what your audience wants, you might end up pigeonholed with an account that doesn't fulfill all of your needs. So start by sharing what interests you, paying careful attention to which elements of it are capturing the interests of your audience too. And gradually over time, we start to build a better picture of what makes up that middle ground. How much of yourself should you share is normally a question that comes up around here. And when we're building a professional or a business account, it can be kind of hard to know, like, how much personal life do we want to put into the frame? Obviously, there's no hard and fast rules when it comes to deciding. And ultimately, we've got to all draw the lines that we feel most comfortable with. However, one of Instagram's main points of distinction is how it offers that behind the scenes look at the lives of its users. So stories, live and even the more traditional Instagram shares, they were all formed with this in mind, this kind of reports from the front line of living our lives. So if you have a purely business account and you don't want to bring your personal life into it, I always think at the very least it's worth considering sharing some behind the scenes of your work or of your business life. Keep in mind that anybody sharing their personal life online is also only ever really sharing an infinitesimally small portion of what really goes on. So as a viewer, it can seem like we know everything about someone, but in reality, we're really only seeing that one or 2% that they're choosing to put out to the world. A great case study for this is Mrs. Hinch Home. I don't know if you guys know her. She's super famous now, I think, so you probably do. She exploded to over a million followers in literally a matter of months, and it was by sharing her home, but most of all her daily cleaning tips and her grid is this really narrow focus it's gray and white interiors very specific it absolutely wouldn't have brought her the same traction had it not been for the magic that was happening when she started to share stories she has a very quirky personality she has a really good way of talking to camera and just sharing on stories and by letting her personality shine through people felt a personal attachment to her and to the gallery-based images that they wouldn't have otherwise had. There are, of course, already thousands of accounts that share cleaning and organizational advice, the same kind of tips. But Mrs. Hinch stood out because she brought her own unique take, which was her raw and relatable personality, and letting her followers get to know her as a real person. If you're struggling with this, deciding how much of your personal life or personality you want to put out there, you can spend some time on the setting boundaries page in your workbook figuring it out. Remember, you don't need to be perfect at anything from the word go or ever, to be honest. It's all just a series of experiments, trying new things on for size and figuring it all out along the way.